You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello listeners, welcome to the latest episode of Why Not Mint Money. I'm your host Jash Kriplani. There are only few funds in the mutual fund industry that can boast of a track record of 20 to 30 years. Some of these funds have been showing underperformance in recent past. In today's episode of Why Not Mint Money, we are joined by Nirav Karkera, who is head of research at Fisdom, to talk more on this. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Nirav, welcome to the show. Uh, so Nirav, we wanted to chat with you today about some of the big old funds. and why they are underperforming in the recent past so just that's a very interesting question because if you see there are indeed flagship funds who have been around uh, since over decades now but still continue to underperform now there is no uh, such causal relationship between vintage and underperformance but uh, however it has happened so that most funds with a longer duration have not been able to really perform over the past uh, couple of years very specifically and i would broadly plotted in the past 3 to 4 years sort of period range right and that is probably you know if one were to really press hard and you know squeeze for a, a a reason i feel it would boil down to the fact that these funds have been managed with a certain style with a certain you know with a certain perspective for the longest period in time but the past 3 4 years have been nothing like the decades preceding it right so you know it could also be a case where you know previous styles are no longer applicable in the new markets and probably the refinement and the adaptation to newer market cycles has not quite kept pace with the way markets have evolved and the biggest you know milestone that changed the course of the markets was the pandemic right so you will also see a clear distinction in performance post pandemic versus pre pandemic for most of these flagship funds and you know clearly a k shaped recovery for many fund houses also Uh, and can you share some examples uh, to illustrate that point that you know why in some cases the style may have not been so conducive to that market environment or say certain sectoral weightages in terms of fund manager being overweight or underweight wouldn't have worked in certain conditions so yeah if you can give some examples of course i feel one of the funds that i've liked for the longest period in time especially you know for the method that they employ and their investment framework and this is also very close to the markets today because of the rally that we have seen in mid caps and small caps i would talk about a specific mid cap fund you know franklin india prime fund has been along for the longest period in time right and one of the most well managed funds for the longest period however in the past couple of years if you look at it from an absolute performance standpoint it has underperformed most of its peers uh, right and i feel over here it is one of the strengths that turned out to be their weakness also is the fact that they have been so conscious about valuations and they are so critical about the stocks that they include within their you know portfolio universe that uh, you know they weren't really able to play the momentum or the growth story that was uh, playing out over the past couple of years right so in a in a growth market when you try and chase value it becomes a really different and a difficult situation it's almost as if going with a test match strategy into a t20 game right. the past couple of years have been t20 for you know of course it's a crude example but that's how it is and ft especially prima fund has been sticking to its gun and its roots yeah. on having a very valuation conscious approach if you see it missed out on the mid cap it rally to a great extent 
extent and the reason could be the valuations at that point did not really seem very good of course but you know they weren't in pace with the momentum right. they were conscious about the valuation they stepped out of it but the growth continued and right. where their peers uh, continued riding the momentum they waited out the momentum right. Right. a very similar story with industrials also going right. ahead through, right. uh, through the later half of 2021 when industrials really picked up and uh, you know there were uh, two schools of thought where uh, you know one was forward looking and was justifying all the valuation leaps that had happened in industrial on the other in the other school there was ft where uh, you know as per conventional methods the valuations did not make a whole lot of sense and they waited that out as well now when you wait out so many bouts of momentum right. and uh, you know you are unable to participate in a growth story in with such agility you tend to underperform your peers right. so this right. is one example where you rightly highlighted right. that you know there was underperformance versus peers right 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 I think in FT's case, they entered industrials, but they exited when they felt the moment uh, the valuations uh, ran up quite Correct. a bit. You know, another interesting segment of the market is large caps, right? Because it's been a bit difficult for large cap funds to beat their benchmark from from a recent past. Any example there where you where you think that you know some of the mega funds which were back then, you know, are now not doing as well or have at least some instances of underperformance vis-a-vis. the benchmark or vis-a-vis the peers yes yeah, so large caps have been in the limelight for multiple reasons right. over the past couple of years and i feel the topmost reason would be their underperformance vis-a-vis benchmark uh, indices right and we have this entire debate around will large caps uh, continue to outperform indices large cap right. indices right. or is there even a case for active large cap funds any longer relevance any longer right. but i feel the last uh, couple of quarters has put that debate to rest okay. actively managed large cap funds are finally performing and right. uh, you know it's been quite a few quarters since we haven't heard anything as much on the front of active versus passive right. in context of large cap but you know talking about specific examples one there are very limited funds that have such a vintage right. but if we were to talk about vintage in actively managed large cap funds Aditya Birla Sun Life Frontline Equity Fund is hands down one of the most uh, flagship products that right. the industry has which focuses on the large cap segment right. right you cannot talk about long standing large cap funds without mentioning right. ABSL Frontline Equity right. i very vividly remember this has been one of my favorite funds since this since the longest period in okay. time you know almost since the time i started analyzing okay. mutual funds right so but however it has hit a rough patch and you know it's not uh, due to you know under performance in terms of strategy employed or universe selection methodology employed but it has to do more with the mandate that the fund is right. trying to follow right, right? right. so the fund uh, realized that you know it is at least visible as a third party that the fund realized that it needs to outperform the benchmark you know and from what is visible from the outside as an analyst what i believe they are not trying to outperform their peers they are trying okay. to outperform the benchmark they are right. delivering relative performance versus benchmark right, right. now because of this what happens is they do not their active share is not very high okay, okay. and you know at the same time they don't de- and that implies that they don't deviate a lot from the index weightages right. and they are very closely aligned with the index weightages right. Right. now the problem with such a strategy is you miss out on creating significant performance in a couple of scenarios okay. one wherein you don't utilize the re- residual 20% buffer where yeah. you can go beyond large cap right. when you are unable to utilize it well to generate extra return through mid cap and small cap allocations in a market where mid and small caps are favored right? right so that's one situation where you miss out on the other situation where you miss out is when there's a very narrow rally yeah. in the large cap segment uh, right so there are only a few 
heavyweight stocks that are uh, moving the indices and you know without uh, significant active share it becomes really difficult to uh, at least outperform your peers uh, with such a strategy so this is another situation where it you know it can't really perform as well and if you see over the past couple of years you know 2017 18 19 you'd see you know some of these things have uh, really not worked out for the fund uh, right so of course at that point in time they tried and deployed into mid caps but you know that was not the season for mid and small caps you know we had seen consolidation in 2018-19 small caps and mid caps were you know almost flatlining over a longer period right right? so they tried and allocated to mid caps at a wrong time and I feel probably as course correction they decided to stick to it as a true to label large cap fund but they Reverted to this, you know, just before the mid and small cap rally, you know, took in, kicked in. Uh, So there was a sort of mistiming in terms of, you know, changing the strategy and approach. However, you know, if someone's looking to, you know, invest in a fund that is, you know, trying to outperform the benchmark and, you know, tries to cap the risk, I feel this is good for such conservative players. But, uh, you know, this is uh, one of the reasons why it underperformed its peers, at least. And, you know, we also heard so much about small caps, you know, especially in recent past. Another fund that is comes to mind is DSP small cap, which was earlier micro cap. Yes. And which even, although name is now small cap, it still looks at micro cap closely. Any thoughts about that? That has also seen quite a bit of highs and lows since its launch back in the day. So I feel, you know, till now, like continuing the conversational flow, this is yet another respectable name that's thrown into the mix, right? So Vineet Samre managing uh, DSP small cap now, you know, it used to be DSP micro cap and it used to be one of the most phenomenal plays for anyone uh, looking at aggressive allocations, right? And I feel that uh, the fund's claim to fame was its ability to identify under-researched opportunities and identify plays that the larger market was not really looking at so they've been ahead of time in most such situations but however over the past couple of years you'd notice that the flows into small caps increased right if you look at the asset sizes of small cap funds it has ballooned it just in the past couple of years okay it is like an exponential growth that we are witnessing in asset size now with so much liquidity coming in and so much money being deployed into the space you know the space is no longer as under researched as it used to be one And two, you know, the funds are now looking beyond the small cap stocks, are going beyond Nifty 500, looking at opportunities in the micro cap space and all such funds are being deployed there. Now, the problem with such heavy inflows into such a, towards the farther end of the market is the problem of impact cost, is the problem of valuations, right? So when so much money goes in and that is just to deploy the flows that are coming in without you giving it adequate time and not letting the earnings really catch up to the flows that are happening, you tend to invest at slightly steep valuations also. So today, as we speak, the biggest debate in the market is what are small caps overheated? Is the valuations uh, too rich uh, right now? Uh, But if you look at the inflows, the inflows are still consistent and still growing, right? uh, right? So now this as an environment makes it really, really difficult to identify very good picks in the small cap basket, right? So this is something that is bearing heavy on DSP small cap fund. The the ability to find good bets at reasonable valuations, that's one. And two, you know, historically, if we take a couple of steps back and look at a few months behind or quarters even behind, you will realize that the fund is very true to its mandate. If it is trying to chase uh, small caps and micro caps, it will be uh, trying to play that and it is not uh, using the buffer to adjust for uh, large cap allocations also. So during periods, 
especially let's say during the uh, pandemic crash right small caps and mid caps were battered the worst and uh, micro caps know. even and micro caps even worse uh, right but despite uh, such a troublesome situation the fund wasn't able to very adequately shift some of its assets to large caps that were less beaten down right and this has now caused uh, quite a dent to the trailing performances right so when we talk about underperformance we are also looking at trailing which just by the way is not the only metric one should look at while talking performance it should be discrete period performance it should be rolling performance but when you look at trailing in isolation you will realize that that dent is also harming it going ahead also right and that contributes to the underperformance narrative however you know till date if we look at it from a pure method process and philosophy standpoint it remains to be one of the very well managed small cap funds i would say it is a great fund in a rough patch at this point in time so they will have to course correct and re reassess their styles but uh, you know i'm confident and in the waiting and you know just you know on the watch for what different are they going to do to capitalize on the cycles ahead right so nira what's the lesson here for investors of such large mega funds of yesteryears i have also seen underperformance these funds have by the way uh, longest track records in the industry so when it comes to new funds slightly new funds how do investors like when should investors know when to exit right how many quarters and years of underperformance is uh, sufficient enough or, or because sometimes on the flip side people also end up exiting in a haste yes and equity funds generally will go through their cycles and that's why i think the old adage is the longer the track record the better but your thoughts on this so you know you asked a very important question and i believe it's the perennial question on all investors mind when do we exit a fund right i feel you should exist exit only in a few situations you know it's very simple and it might be slightly counterintuitive but it is not performance based and i'll tell you why so the number one reason why you should exit is if the rational with which you invested in the fund no longer exists so probably you invested in it because you like the fund manager style right and you now feel that that style is no longer relevant that's when you exit you invest because you feel that a certain fund manager or a certain fund management team has exhibited significant competence in managing funds but that team or fund manager is no longer working on that product either within the organization or has moved out of the that is another trigger uh, to exit another trigger to exit would be if the fund category or the mandate itself does not fit into your scheme of things Anymore. right yeah and like and your scheme of things could be two things right one it does not uh, fit into your personal portfolio strategy it does not uh, any longer align with your investment objectives your investment goals that is one or it no longer sits in your theory about the market cycle or the economic cycle that you're trying to play out so that's when you move out of it so let's say this is more applicable to sectoral thematic sorts of funds right and it could also apply to more broader mandates like large caps right so we know that today you know there's a lot of question around small cap mid cap valuations there are talks and uh, there's a strong belief that valuations on the large cap side is good so for those managing their satellite portfolio and willing to give a tactical uh, allocation to large caps uh, can potentially exit a small cap or mid cap fund that they feel no longer serves their purpose right so these couple of reasons together uh, build a very solid case to exit a fund and none of this is due to underperformance so underperformance is a symptom okay that needs to be diagnosed 
and you know you need to see why is the underperformance and that will lead you to the answer whether to continue with a fund or exit mere underperformance for a period without diagnosing the underlying cause will not uh, lead to correct results right so if there is underperformance because it is not correctly positioned in the cycle but you believe the cycle in favor will start uh, in a couple of quarters from now it's all right you can still stay in there right if you feel you know the underperformance is because the fund manager has changed then you know that you will have to exit because if you are not seeing the fund manager come back soon and take reins that builds a solid case for exiting right. so these are a few reasons that i believe builds a case for an exit sure, sure. great nirav thanks a lot for joining us today i'm sure these valuable insights help lot especially the investors who are looking to build their long term portfolio thank you listeners for joining us today if you liked this episode and would like to hear to more such interesting conversations Do log into our channel Why Not Mint Money on Spotify where you'd always find me omnipresent. Also, if you have any new ideas or suggestions, you can DM me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at the rate Jash Kriplani. That is J A S H K R I P L A N I. You can always reach out to us over the email. Our email ID is mintmoney at the rate liemint dot com. Stay updated on this podcast. Follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 